again, everyone. Welcome to What We Make, a Terminator podcast. I'm Will. I'm Malika. I'm Matt. And we are pleased to be joined once again by Ian, my co-host for Down Below. It's good to be back. Well, uh, thanks for stepping in this episode. Oh, it's all right. It's going to jump right in. This episode is Earthlings Welcome Here, episode 13. Uh, it originally aired December 15, 2008. And this was the last episode of the year. And after this episode, they didn't come back until February. And they moved from Monday night to Friday nights. Mm. Mm. And everyone the said re- they were going, you know, that was the kill move, really. Yeah. Cause they were getting this episode. At 5.29 million, but after they moved to Friday nights, they never got above 4 million again. Uh, uh, it's also a real shame that it's this episode they ended on before the break, I think. Yeah. Why do you dislike this one? Compared to some of the others. <laughs> yeah. Mm. It's just, you know. When you go through the series, you know, back to back, you don't quite see this as that week, but it really stands out watching it on its own. Yeah. This episode was directed by Felix Enriquez Alcala. (laughs) I should try to say it with a better Spanish pronunciation, but he actually received an Emmy nomination for directing a BSG episode, Exodus Part 2. That's the one with the atmospheric drop, mm-hmm. which was awesome. And a nice space battle. It was written by Natalie Chaidez, who last wrote Automatic for the People, episode two. So yeah, so instead of watching this episode a second time and taking notes, I played Uncharted. <laughs> so it worked. <laughs> so it worked today. I found a copy of the script and just took notes from the script. But then I realized that the script only has the dialogue. There's some scenes that don't have any dialogue, so mm. hopefully I won't miss too many of that. You guys can jump in. I skip over. So we begin with Sarah voiceovering about Cabeza de Vaca. She's driving through the desert. I guess he was kept. She was captured, and he adopted the beliefs of his capture capturers. But after he was freed, he believed that he had the power over life and death, and said the desert transformed him. This is a real story. I don't know. <laughs> Cabeza de Vaca, mouth of what? Or is Cabeza head? Cabeza's head, I think. Yeah. Um. So Sarah gets at the UFO conference, looking for information about the three dots, and they've been in her dreams. And she says her son doubts her. And they all understand doubt. The lady that was speaking, I meant to look up how I knew her. She's, she was on some show. Let me look it up now. She didn't look familiar to me. All I all I noticed was she had something on her chin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, dis- yeah. Especially on the um, Blu-rays. Uh, she was on True Detective in season two. But something a long time ago is what I mostly remember. Or maybe I do remember from True Detective. Ah, yeah, she was on The Wire. That's where I remember her from. Okay. Um, Dr. Morris. So, yeah, some guy is talking about a blogger named Abraham who claimed to be working on a secret government project, some kind of metal hyper alloy. Nobody knows where to find him. And he thinks that Sarah came out to make fun of the weird people. Typical persecution complex. Yeah. Uh, well, Sarah's also being her intense self and only asking questions that she's interested in, not paying any attention to what the guy's saying. Yeah, as usual. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't even know where she found, like, the UFO thing. Well, I just thought she'd been doing a lot of research into, um... Doesn't it feel like that... The last few... uh, I'm just so sick of the three points, y'all. But doesn't it feel like, um, she's... That we come on on every episode and like time has passed and like she's in a new place and you know when she's been <laughs> researching like I don't know I wonder how much time has passed between the episodes really yeah I would go I'm flip flopping on whether or not I like Sarah but I liked her in this episode for some reason <laughs> I don't know it's just her uh, 
attitude. And... There are moments in this episode where she is really good, and then there's other moments where it's it's really awkward. <laughs> so yeah, th- I think this is where Eileen comes in and says, "You should hear Abraham." And she calls John to tell him that she's got a leader. She's going to be late. And he makes a comment about bloggers, like, "Ugh, bloggers." <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's kind of funny as well, considering you know he he's from eight years ago and he's already kind of caught up to date enough. And <laughs> yeah, so cliche yeah. to make fun of bloggers. This was like before it was. Like, cliche to make fun. Like, he said it in the same way you would say, because everything's right in Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> so, the internet, it has to be true. Mm-hmm. Did we ever believe that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think, like, the internet, like, two. you know, like, just skepticism, like, arose as the iron, as the internet did. Yeah. Now you can't trust anything on the internet. Mm-mm. Too many pranks or satire or passing off as the truth. <sighs> so anyway, so John tells her to be careful. And Riley makes fun of John's room. She brought him, what did she buy him, Peachy Keen? Well, she's got the Peachy Keen. Um, he went for the uh, Berry Burst or whatever it was. <laughs> were those supposed to be smoothies? Because they were like pure liquid. But uh, I think they were meant to be smoothies. They might as well just have been paint. Yeah. (laughs) Who wants to drink paint? Mm. Well, some people. (laughs) But, yeah. um, And we get more Riley in this episode, and I know her reveals happened, but there is more going on. There really is more going on here. I mean, this episode more went on. It's just, I don't know how interesting I find it. Yeah, I, right. I, I'm more frustrated by it. Um, he notices something's wrong, and she tells him how she flipped out on her foster mom. There are a couple of a couple of moments in this episode where it seemed like you know they were picking up, you know, from like where a few episodes left off, like the last episodes didn't happen. Yeah, well, that's why I'm like wondering about the timing too. You know, it's like Sarah's progressed, but maybe this all has to do with time travel. Maybe they're moving backwards in time or something, and then like you know Sarah's <laughs> oh. moving forward. Maybe they're going to meet each other uh, at different points, like River Song and the Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> uh, I'm hosting a finale viewing thing in December. I just sent out the invitations today. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of River. So um, Cameron comes along. They try to get rid of her, but either she doesn't pick up on it or she just ignores it. I kind of love the back and forth with Cameron and John there. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a job, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, they're really trying to force the whole um, thing here that, you know, um, uh, how to put it, that Cameron's bad for John. In this scenario, anyway, um, because Cameron hasn't seen this sinister for a little while, and all of a sudden in this episode, she she's doing some fairly sinister things. Yeah, it's like she, she is. It's like they're trying to, like, you know, they're saying, well, you know, despite previous knowledge, maybe like um, Jesse and Riley have a point. You know, I feel like I, I just feel like it's more of a push than an actual an organic. You know, growing suspicion, which I would have liked a little. Sorry, guys. I didn't like this episode. (laughs) (laughs) It might be coming through. I'm a fan of the the show, and this isn't one of my favorite episodes. It it really has problems, this episode does. Mm, I kind of liked it. Hmm. Did you? What did you like? Yeah. We're all surprised. I liked Sarah and I liked the Sarah thing, and I liked um, finding out. I guess confirming, even though we kind of already knew it, where Riley came from, seeing how she got back here. You see, those were nice glimpses, and there are little moments that work. But overall, the problem this episode has is its pacing. It feels so slow and plodding. Yeah. And, uh, even 
you've got characters that can be really interesting if you just use them in a slightly different way. Yeah, I feel like I, was... I feel like they've wasted Cameron this whole season. They barely use her. Mm. She's been damaged. <laughs> no, but maybe I was distracted when I was watching. I tend to think more highly when I'm distracted watching TV because uh, I thought I was going to watch it again later, so I wasn't giving it my full attention. But I don't know. I like the episode. Um, so we have a flash forward, and we see where Riley discovers Jesse. It was Riley catching rats or something. I I, and, I thought she was actually stealing from people. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, because like, she looked like she was doing something wrong. Mm. She was ready to run away. So Sarah and Eileen arrive, like a trailer. And Eileen explains that Abraham is a pseudonym, that Alan Park is his real name. Got a master's at MIT and specialized in LIDAR. They talk about uh, drone sightings and Abraham sightings, and they're going to start with the most recent sighting. I think this is where she said something about having a doubting Thomas in the house. It's like uh, Thomas Decker. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought, too. <laughs> so Royley and John talk about how his room looks. And he says, you know, the paintbrush came out as soon as Sarah left. And Riley wants to know where Sarah went because she cares about him. <laughs> this is where he notices that she has a bruise and. John wants to go kick her foster father's ass, but she says it wasn't him. It's nothing. Everybody always blames the foster father. What was he going to do, actually? Have we seen John fight? Mm, I'm not dude. sure. He killed that dude. Yeah. Well, he had a knife, didn't he? What did, how did, oh, he choked him? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, Riley is really pushing it. She's still trying to complete her mission for Jesse, I think. She's starting to get desperate. Yeah. So now Ellison returns. Ellison, Richard T. Jones has been on American Horror Story this season, playing a detective. Imagine that. When uh, Ellis did did we already get when they came back to the to the present, or did we just got where they met in the future? Oh, uh, that that I'm not sure. That happens a little later on, I think. Okay. Um, yep. Because, yeah, that starts the second sequence. They appear in the present, and then there's a sequence of events. Yeah, tell me when that happens, because that's the part that has no I, I can't remember so. when that happens, though. So <laughs> we, we might as well talk about it now. If we yeah, let's talk about it, it now. <laughs> I mean, I, I like this sequence of events, because it really shows how someone coming from the future adjusting to our world. Yeah. Did it show that? Because Riley, or no, uh, uh, Jesse certainly didn't seem amazed by the present. Yeah, Riley was enjoying it, but Jesse just had that same. Jesse's a soldier, though. This is an ordinary person who's, you know. But it almost almost seemed like she had been there before, and I was going to call bullshit. I was like, that doesn't work. You can't go back to the future. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder. I was thinking that, too, but I don't know. It's like, hmm. Uh, I I don't know about you, but the more scenes we see between Riley and Jesse, it, it, Jesse's just using Riley. I don't. There's there's no empathy towards Riley from Jesse at all. No. So why doesn't Jesse try to keep them apart herself? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I think, you know, Jesse's plan is, right, use this pretty girl to distract this teenage boy from this robot. And that's as far as her plan goes. And how is, he, how is she supposed to keep them apart? They're posing as brother and sister. It'd be like, stay away from your sister. Why? Uh, just because. Anyway. She hasn't enacted this plan at all. Like, They're not good at coming up with plans in the future. Yeah. Seems like it. <laughs> They're just, you know, we didn't have much time. They were stressed. There were attorneys, like, running all over them. So, you know, give them a break. question mm-hmm. still is, how did she get her hands on time travel technology? You know, John Connor in the future must keep that, you know, locked up and really secure because it's his top weapon. Yeah. Yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah, well, I did kind of think of that, why there's so many people going back in the future all the time. Oh, my Skype recorder crashed. God damn it. 
<laughs> That's not funny, sorry. Ah, <laughs> dum 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 dum. Don't call me dumb. No. <laughs> so my, I can't get my Dreamcast to work right on my TV because. Is what? I know at one point I had it working with it, and it was a really blurry image. So I got like a VGA adapter, but. When I used to be GA and put it, my TV says it's not getting a signal. Hmm. I just hook, just, I just hook it up to my HDTV through <laughs> RGB. Yeah, I don't have, um, I have a red, white, yellow connectors, but my TV doesn't have those. Uh, anyways, I'm recording again. I know I got it working somehow one time, but anyway. So, yeah, Ellison says he can't do what Weaver wants him to do. She says John we uh John Henry <laughs> needs someone to talk to. <laughs> and Sherman's like, Yeah, since that thing killed him. So this is an opportunity to teach him right from wrong. And Ellison's like, uh, he killed twenty guys. He needs one just talking to. And she says, You know, his program is no more responsible for killing those people than you or I because she convinced him to talk to John Henry. Uh, not quite. I think that comes later after he has this conversation with his priest, which oh, she, she, still yeah, she doesn't says. quite work out because they leave that on a cliffhanger. You don't really know, right? You, you didn't come to any conclusion when you were talking to your priest, and then all of a sudden you're, you've decided to talk to John Henry and teach him about souls. That was my biggest problem with the episode, but we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> this seems like a bad idea, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but she just said, go talk to John Henry. I guess she didn't necessarily convince him. She just talked to him. So Sarah and Eileen are at, at a restaurant where Abraham was spotted recently. She doesn't know who saw him. It was an anonymous posting. And Sarah's only interested in the drones, really. Eileen has to go pee. And eventually Sarah follows her and makes a discovery. Uh, <laughs> I leave. <laughs> not, not before seeing a glimpse of um, herself circuit Terminator 2. Oh, yeah. Uh, we saw... No, that was this scene where we saw her in her outfit. Yeah, in the the white um, T-shirt and the uh, no-paint things carved on the table. Uh, yeah. So Eileen is Abraham. Her real name is Alan Park. So that's that's actually always been a lady in real life, right? I believe um, that, that I'm not sure you'd have to check the casting. Will, did you check that? I didn't check, but <laughs> Dinah Lenny. Okay. Well, she has, um, I don't know. She has two children with her husband, Fred Mills. I'm going to assume that she is always a lady. Yeah. But still, um, in some ways they handled this well, in some ways not very well because... Um, she says through dialogue um, that she's a man posing as a woman, whereas later on she then talks about her secret and the fact that you know she she feels secretly she's a waitress when when she's still Alan Park, but it's so you know it's not clear whether. Um, <sighs> Going into hiding gave her the opportunity to, you know, pers- be transgendered. Yeah, be transgendered, or whether she's just using it as a way of hiding. It- I don't know. I, I took it as yeah, the hiding led to the change in lifestyle. It was a whole, it was a whole um, David Duchovny on Twin Peaks kind of a thing. <laughs> Right. Well, it's, yeah, it's just because through the dialogue, it's, it felt it was a little clumsily done, though. Just later on, it's done far better, but in the earlier, in the early scenes when they go back to the caravan and, um, you know, they confront each other about the lies they've told, um, that didn't quite match up there, but the rest of it I thought kind of worked well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that, I don't know, <laughs> I actually was wondering that too, and I thought it would be interesting, I mean, not like we're gonna, you know, see any more of this, but it would be just interesting to explore that a little bit. I wish TV did a better job of that. 
Oh, definitely. So Eileen says everything was true except the female part. Um, yeah, she explains she was approached by a company that wanted her expertise in LIDAR. No one knew what this was. It was just some kind of metal they were working on. And one day started blogging about it. And someone broke into her apartment. And the next day her brakes went out. So she went on the run and disguised herself. She has proof of what she's saying. She took some of the metal and put it in a storage facility. This had better not all just go to nothing. We better find out who killed this person. Like who's working with Skynet. <laughs> if that's what's happening. Because I'm pretty sure they were human assassins. I think. Yeah. They're stopped too easily to be um, metal. Yeah. See a flashback with Jesse asking Riley if she's alright. Riley wants to know why she was picked. In the present, Riley and Cameron have a very tense exchange about that bruise and tattoos. Mm. I thought that tattoo was going to like be something like, you know, people in the future got marked with that tattoo or something like that. Yeah, only the people who have ever been captured are laser scanned, I guess. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It did seem, though, like it was a simple enough tattoo that could have been done in a, um underground bunker. Prison tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Clock with no, no hands. Um, Cameron wants to talk. Riley's like, okay, talk. I want Cameron to talk, too. We never hear from her. <laughs> Where's she been? She's been off at night. So, Ellison hasn't been to choir practice recently. And we find out that after 9-11, his wife didn't want to get pregnant anymore, but she already was. But Ellison didn't find out until after his wife terminated the pregnancy. Terminated. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that's a bad choice of words. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, 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 like, almost slept through that whole, <laughs> that whole thing. <laughs> I was like, I, I, mean, don't care. I don't care about you at all, Ellison. It's meant to be character development, and it's meant to give Ellison some sort of reason to then go off and teach John Henry, but I don't feel like it did it at all. No. They would know what happened with him and his wife now. It's too little too late for him. <laughs> nine episodes left. He's been around for so long and I haven't cared about him this whole time. It's, it's hard to make me care now. Mm, so... So at the storage locker, the metal's gone. And so this is where they get mad and start calling each other fakes. And a biker, this is where the biker comes along and Sarah bends him off. And Eileen's in shock about how she almost died. She wouldn't stop saying she almost died. Oh my gosh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> that, that's probably what um, Sarah was thinking. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> One few times I agree with Sarah. So, um, Sarah has a way to help her remember more about the facility where she worked at. Hypnotherapy with the doctor from the UFO conference. <laughs> that was uh, so clunky. That that's yeah. It's uh, <laughs> just oh, I've got this leaflet here with the that's got the woman that was in the earlier scene. Oh, she happens to be a hypnotherapist who will be able to. Uncover hidden memories. I would have liked it if they brought that therapist back, the kid therapist or whatever, and done something with him because he was an interesting character, and she knows him. I don't know. I didn't care too much for this version. They're just trying to piss me off in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> trying, trying to teach, trying to teach the robot the Bible laws and all that stuff, and like, the, uh, and that's just like he should have been killed. <laughs> yeah, and now and now the uh, the psychics. Uh, hypnotists and stuff yeah and why <laughs> so. did you like this again <laughs> well hey i didn't i'm just kidding well i'm not but anyway what's <laughs> your opinion what i do like about this though is that sarah's so focused and so driven to find answers she's just using everyone in her path she doesn't care about um anyone and so well Later on, when her consequences come back to both her and the arse, she cares then. But in this moment, she's just using both of these people. Yeah, she's pretty cold. Yeah. 
I remember when I was taking notes earlier today, I was thinking to myself, they're not going to talk me into hating this episode. So I guess somehow I knew. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so funny. You're like, I will not be converted. I will stand by my opinion no matter what. Oh, that's hilarious. I still you, like you it. can have your opinion, it's fine. It's fine. You can be wrong. <laughs> so we see something. Um, oh, that was a flashback. To where Riley goes to visit Jesse, and Jesse's none too pleased oh, about no. her showing up there. And Riley explains how she got kicked out of her foster home. She just, well, I'm just, I'm just get a place close to you. We can be together, Jesse. What's the problem with that? Jesse's just a bitch. Oh yeah, I mean, as I said earlier, Jesse just doesn't care about Riley. Riley's just a means to an end for her, and it kind of mirrors how determined uh, Sarah is as well in her mission. Yeah. She was afraid of blowing her cover. Yeah, there is that, you know, how's Jesse supposed to get sexy time with um, Reese if um, Riley's around? She can have (laughs) sexy time with Jesse, with Riley. I'm tired Um, of... I'm tired of lesbian manipulations. Not even lesbian manipulations, it's just like using that it's not fair not fair I mean if Jessie was actually thinking clearly she could actually go on a double date with um Riley yeah. and John and <laughs> you know and probably Cameron as well and like you know whatever they could get into some kind of entanglement she could do off Cameron wow <laughs> hey it would be interesting right it would be much more interesting yeah. than this <laughs> alright sorry this is Charlie and Derek uh, seduction going on. Oh, Charlie and Derek. There is Charlie. <laughs> you, you saved my life. <laughs> I'm going to have a good you. Uh, I'm sure there's uh, some slash out there somewhere. Yep. There was one point where I noticed some really good Barry McCreary music. I can't remember what scene it was, though. Was it the um, scene later on where Sarah's got the um, tape of the hypnosis going on? Yes, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Which we'll come to in a bit. I never noticed so, the music in this show besides the theme. Yeah, I haven't noticed it in a while. That's why it stood out to me in this episode. But, um, so, yeah, Riley hits uh, Jesse, which is how she got the bruise, and tells her to go do her job. Just you have one job. It's <laughs> 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 keeping John away from her. So Cameron can tell that Riley's lying because they're elevated, whatever. And John's like, it's because he freaked her out. And then when Riley doesn't answer the door, Cameron knocks the door in and they see that Riley has tried to commit suicide. Oh, no. Hmm. I really care. (laughs) (laughs) It's like... You sound like you do. (laughs) John's reaction, like... What are you doing, John? Call the fucking yeah. <laughs> call. <laughs> like, oh no, yeah, I, I talk. I took his look at Cameron there. Oh, why are you standing there? Call the police. Yeah, this is you your fault. Uh, oh, that. Oh, he, he. I know what's coming, and hopefully, what's coming will, you know, make you feel better about what's going on right now. Okay, I'm gonna trust you. Hopefully. Sarah barges in on a group session with the doctor, says it's an emergency. Guess that's all you gotta do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up, I have a mental emergency. <laughs> well, maybe we didn't see the line that she should have said. It's about Abraham. Um <laughs> that that would have gotten uh, the hypnosis attention. Yeah, sure, come in, come in. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought you were So Ellison's talking to John Henry and finds out that uh, Sherman taught him to play chess. He does notice Sherman's absence, but I don't know if that means that he misses him or not. <laughs> kind of reminds me how Data described friendship in the next generation. <laughs> what did he say? I, I can't remember exactly how it went, but it's like his used to having certain... Uh, it's just 
positronic something is used to it uh i'll actually look it up maybe i'll play it in the episode but basically he's used to having people around and when they're not around and this is in, but it's in a more of a computery kind of way it's in a ones and zeros way yeah uh. so yeah this is what got me ellison explains that human lives are sacred because we're all god's nah. children yeah. I, like, I know. Yeah, I, as soon as I heard that, I was like, "This is going to cause issues." <clears throat> I, I, I like John Henry's explanation better because there's because you're you know you're dead. Are there more people dead than alive or something like that? Yeah, there's so many better ways see the, to see, yeah, see the computer gets it. <laughs> but but there's actually better ways of even saying that. Yeah, human life matters. You know. Without going into the whole soul to God area, you, you can explain things in a much better way, you know. He doesn't want Exactly. It's cringing a little bit. So John Henry wants to know if he's one of God's children, and Ellison says that's what they are there to talk about. Um, uh, is John Henry clever enough to realize he's avoided the quest answer there, you know? Yeah. That's almost causing another, more of a problem saying, right, I, I, you know, Ellis might as well have said, no, you're a machine, you don't have a soul. And <laughs> 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 the giant who strangled him. Um, Sarah is outside listening to Eileen's hypnosis, listening to therapy sessions again, Sarah. And she hears some gunshots, but she saw the vehicle first, then she, she hears the gunshots and she goes out inside and finds the doctor and Eileen dead. Hey. And mirac- I want to know how long this took because miraculously she uses the clues to find this facility. Well, um, before she does that, she, she hides from a police car. And this time watching it through, my impression is that, you know, a policeman, was the shooter, you know? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, and she closed the eyes, then she... Why do people do that on TV? Do people do that in real life? Do they? Probably not. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't yeah, ever I, come across... I don't... I, I, I don't. get the impression that if people did it in real life, it's only because they saw it on films and TV. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. It, it pisses Mel off every time she sees it. Every time she sees it, she said, uh, tonight, after this episode, we made a pact that whichever one of us dies first, the other's going to close the other one's eyes. Oh. creepy. <laughs> 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 Put a coin in the eyes. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Now, the, the sequence where uh, Sarah's using the recordings to trace the path is a nice one. Um, it is, but it seems a little implausible. <laughs> yes, it, it, it does, but it... it well, TV, it works. It only took like 30 seconds for her to do all that. <laughs> I'm sure she spent days doing that. Um, but she eventually does find the facility and pulls a gun on the guard who says he's an AC installer. Says he has a family, he coaches. And she's going to leave, I think, and tells, she tells him not to call the police. But he attacks her and wounds her, but she kills him. And when she goes outside, this is where she looks up and sees the um, the hunters and, or the oh, the, the machine that looks an awful lot like a hunter killer, this yeah, hunter yeah. killer prototype. How much is this? I think she had like a little flash of a vision at some point. Like she had visions throughout the episode. Well, yeah, of herself. You've got two versions of herself in this episode. You've got T two and T one Sarahs. You've got waitress Sarah, and you've got soldier Sarah and you've got modern day Sarah stuck between the two soldier um Um, but at the end here because we've seen her have these visions throughout the episode you know can you trust that she actually saw the hunter killer or was that just her imagination this feels like kind of a cliffhanger I know this was the I guess in Nowadays, they would call it the fall finale, but it's had a break before the winter break. If the next episode doesn't pick up, like right where this left off, 
But you know. I think I know what the next episode is. I don't remember. <laughs> I think I know what the next episode is. Um, yeah. Um, I can't really say anything about it, though, can I? Well, no, uh, yeah, don't. Please don't. Because, you know, despite not being thrilled with this, I still don't want to be spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So, yeah. Well, sorry. I shouldn't say. We've gone through it pretty quick. I know what the next episode is now. Okay. <laughs> Just looked it up. After it showed uh, where she shot the guy, it appeared that she shot him in the shoulder while he shot her in the leg. So her wound should be worse. Her wound should actually be life-threatening. It didn't look like she got him in the chest. It totally looked like the shoulder. Yeah, I don't know. But you know they do that whole thing where the gunshot goes off and you can't see who's been shot. You knew Sarah wasn't going to be the one who got shot. Yeah. (laughs) Like, why are they... Trying to just fake us out. All right. Are there any quotes? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I actually forgot to even um, check for quotes. I wasn't even looking for them, but even if I was looking, I'm not sure I'd find any in this one. I have a job too. That's a good one. <laughs> I have a job too. <laughs> it's laundry. <laughs> <laughs> something about peachy. Uh, oh yeah, Cameron's yeah. life. I like Peachy Keen. It's something like that, wasn't it? Well, isn't that yeah. cute? <laughs> She's so adorable. No, no. You know, that was calculated. She she said that because, um, what's it? Uh, the the uh, drink left over was the Peachy Keen, and it was kind of, you know, hey, you've got that Peachy Keen drink, uh, give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> It, it, well, Riley had the two drinks. One of them was the one that was left over was Peachy Keen. I just oh, think, okay. yeah, <laughs> I'm just confused for a second. Okay, <laughs> something about a continuity error when they flash back to Riley meeting John for the first time. He had long hair, but he had already cut his hair by that point. That's what I thought. Yeah, maybe, but. Maybe actually, uh, what's it? Because we didn't see the two of them actually meet at that point. That's true. It could have been the day before, and Riley watched uh, John for a day, and then found him in the um, place we see at the first episode. You know, yeah. when he had to cut his hair. There was a serenity. Yeah, I was just gonna say, mm. there was like a haircut in between. Hmm. Sarah says Cabeza de Vaca arrived in 1490, which would have been before Columbus. In fact, 1490 was the year Cabeza de Vaca was born. She's a bad mother and she doesn't remember history, right? She's homeschooling him? <laughs> I know, right? Um, he's the savior of mankind. She doesn't need blah, to teach blah, him blah. history. I really don't buy it anymore. I still think there's a conspiracy theory with this whole savior of mankind business. I don't buy it. I just, I don't think that he's a savior of mankind. I think they're just telling him that. Can we spoil (laughs) salvation? Because it wasn't. Never mind. Mm. We'll get to salvation later. (laughs) Um, The original plan for salvation, you mean? Yeah, the original plan would have. We'll talk about it later. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Who was the baddest of the badasses this week? Not Riley. <laughs> um, Riley. Uh, uh, you kind of have to give it to Sarah, really. Yeah, really. Yeah. She got Even shot she... and dragged herself out of a building. Even though she totally failed. I guess. <laughs> she failed the least of everybody. <laughs> well, she's the only one who did something. And she actually acted. And she wasn't seduced by, you know, Jesse, so. I think Cameron would have done something if she had been allowed to. What was Reese doing all this episode? He was. I. He's got to be somewhere doing something. I bet Jesse had him tied to a bed somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Just left him there. Yeah. That's what next episode is about. He's looking for the Turk because they haven't forgotten about the Turk. He's looking for the three dots. <laughs> the three dots. Oh. <laughs> That's um, that was the real reason I didn't like this episode, you guys. Like from the beginning, I'm like, no. Uno, dos, tres. 
So let's rate this episode. We want to start us out, Ian. Yeah, I'm sorry I'm not the biggest fan of this episode. Um, you know I love the series, but it is a weak point. And a few things save it, especially going through on second watch through, seeing the hidden threads that are throughout this episode that really chime on a second viewing, which is really what brings it up to about a 6 out of 10 hunter-killer prototypes. <laughs> 6, okay. What about you, Malika? Oh, I love this episode. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. I was actually going to, like, I guess and not talk that much. I felt, I, I didn't know if it was just my mood when I watched this, and I haven't slept, and so I'm a little cranky. Um, but I didn't like this episode, and reviewing it didn't prove me any, you know, prove it any better. So... Um, yeah, I give it five out of ten paint thin smoothies. Uh, what about you, Matt? I didn't like it either. It was slow and not interesting, really. Uh, I'll give it six out of ten dirty blondes. Breaking my heart. Um, oh, what's that? Okay. Um, well, I like the episode, so I'm going to say. <laughs> so I'll give it eight out of ten. Uh, peachy king. <laughs> I don't know. I still don't know if I know why you liked it. I just didn't hate it. No, I, I said I like the um, I like the Sarah plot line, and I like the Riley and Jesse stuff. Even though they're kind of annoying, I liked playing, learning more about them. Okay, that's fair. So let's just go to feed the box. I'm curious about feedback. What does Daniel have to say about this episode? I bet Daniel will back me up. <laughs> I haven't read his email yet, so I don't know. This is real life. Gmail's so slow. Hurry up, Gmail. Okay. Daniel says, Hey, Chroniclers. I remember this episode was like the mid-season finale when it aired in December 2008 on Fox and it didn't return until February of the next year. My 18-year-old self couldn't wait to see what happened next after the cliffhanger featuring what I assumed to be a variant hunter-killer prototype in the present. Sarah's search for the three dots was has hit an all-time low. <laughs> As a concept, though, I do kind of like the idea of the show taking the American folklore about UFOs, government conspiracies, and alien technology and putting a Terminator spin on it. I can't believe John can keep carrying on with Riley like everything is fine when he should know that everything she saw with Cromartie in Mexico, no normal girl would just go back to being her quirky, bubbly self and accept his refusal to answer any questions about why both the feds and an assassin were after him. I also wonder why Jesse picked Riley to travel through time with her when she seems to have been a random tunnel rat she stumbled on, stumbled upon by happenstance and thought, was pretty. Does Jesse refuse to tell her because the writers couldn't think of a good explanation? Nice wig on the season one John Connor cameo waiting by the bus. Waiting by the bus, by the way. <laughs> Why doesn't Ellison even ask Weaver how she fixed John Henry's face, which she saw blown apart in Mexico? Hint, if Weaver knows how to do something like that, then she might be from the future also. True, yeah. Who would be around who could repair this thing? <laughs> She's got money, that's the only explanation. She's got lots of money. But money can do anything. Eileen slash Abraham slash Alan Park totally tries to Mrs. Doubtfire Sarah in the diner bathroom. <laughs> I really like that the shot of bad Sarah sitting across from her in the white tank top with the spinning knife and no fate carved into the table. A nice call back to Sarah's dark side from T2 who would murder a man in front of his children if not for her son snapping her out of it. Using sketchy hypnotic memory regression as a plot device seems like a really weird choice for this show. Why would Weaver, who's a T-1000 from the future, be letting Ellison teach the John Henry AI slash the Turk human or rather religious ethics? What purpose does that serve? I guess we're supposed to be intrigued. <laughs> Sarah, who's supposed to have gotten really good at the whole presumed dead fugitive thing, leaves her fucking fingerprints, which are on file at the crime scene of a double homicide. Yeah, I was thinking that she was going around touching people and everything. What can they yeah, pull prints yeah, off I'll, of that? I, it's 
what's going on with Sarah at the moment? I really don't know. <laughs> on the hypnotic recording, do the do ominous lines like "I'm not who they think I am," etc., just refer to the fact that Alan Part secretly longed to identify as a woman? I guess so. I think. Yeah, that's what I took away from it. Anyway. Yeah. Don't you hate it when characters suddenly act with complete stupidity to serve the plot? Like why, after Sarah has found the secret desert warehouse, doesn't she fall back and call Derek and Cameron for backup rather than go in alone? Thank you, because I was thinking, why didn't she call Cameron? Just wait. Yeah. Call Cameron to come help her. That could have been like a shitload of Terminators inside or something. Some interesting ideas, but overall kind of felt like a muddled mess that wasn't terribly exciting with some cliffhangers thrown in for good measure, Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. Good points as always. <laughs> He's not so poncho. Even though you're kind of wrong about your overall opinion. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, next we have an email from Hyder. Okay, I'm, I'll read this and then I gotta pop off, okay? Okay, <laughs> you gotta pop off around into somebody. Uh, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I wish I could. I'm, su- uh, work, man. I know. So. Uh, okay. Do, 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 from Heidi. Hey guys, it's been a while because I wrote my email for Alpine Fields long before you ever recorded it. This must be the X-Files crossover episode. Keep your eyes peeled for Mulder. I can see why John might doubt Sarah's sanity. She's acting pretty crazy. Cameron likes Peachy Keen just for future reference. I think it's funny when she tries to assert her dominance over Riley, and now we get the Riley and Jesse story. All I need to know is that they're working together, and I really don't like either of them, but mostly Jesse. John Henry is programmed to learn. This is just so freaky. Teaching a robot morals will never end well, Ellison. Riley decided to commit suicide because Jesse's mad at her. Lame. Sarah's getting people killed again, or at least being close to, or being close by when it happens. Was random guy Winston just protecting himself or will, when he shot Sarah, or is he doing his job in protecting the metal as well? The UFO has come to get Sarah. Do, do you guys, or um, do you think that this is from blood loss, or are there actually something there? Good to have you guys back. Until next time, Heidi. She hadn't lost that much blood by then, had she? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm wondering well, thanks. Who's, who's building these things, because obviously they can't be coming from the future, cause, unless they're Sent back in a flesh sack. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to hear that word. Flesh sack. Yeah, well, <clears throat> if um, the whole company that um, is being hinted at in this episode, it, they're building it, aren't they? They're developing the technology and building it. And is that run by humans? But where'd they get this alloy? Yeah, where did the alloy come from? And is it the same alloy that they say is virtually indestructible, but some shotgun blasts took it out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what about that? Uh, yeah. They had some special uranium something. What does that mean? Well, we don't know what effect time travel has on it. You know, it might erode <laughs> this super strong metal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm with you, Matt. Uh, hey, yeah. uh, uh, thank you, Heidi, and <laughs> thanks, Malika. You have to go. I do have to pop off. Bye, guys. Uh, Bye. Hi. So, what to do predictions? <laughs> the name of this episode is called The Good Wound. I wonder what wound they could be talking about. Oh. Probably has double meaning, but. <laughs> oh, it's Sarah Connor Chronicles. It always has double meaning. Sarah's new, leg, wo- <laughs> Sarah's new leg wound is her favorite wound, and she dresses it up. With like, I don't know, bells and like band-aids with like, um, I don't know, just girly things on them. Hello Kitty. Hello Kitty band-aids, yeah. And what's the bad wound? Yeah. <laughs> oh, she <laughs> wasn't the only one wounded in this episode. Oh. Yeah, she's the only one I care about. <laughs> <laughs> you mean Riley's not dead? Oh. I didn't say that, did I? <laughs> you said wounded, not dead. Well, she's not good? dead at the end of this episode. She's dying. She's at the moment. She's dying, so she could die in the next episode. Yay! Maybe she'll go into a coma for the rest of the series. 
And I can play that song, Girlfriend in a Coma. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Ian, for joining us this oh, week. Oh, it's been great. And I think I'm actually coming back in a couple of weeks. Nice. I think Beth may be joining us soon. We'll just have a down below party. Hey! Yeah. Ain't no party like a down below party. It's a down below party. And isn't Elizabeth on next that's week not. as well? Yeah, that's who I meant. <laughs> have um what we're supposed to run through for okay anyway so yeah it's weird how I pull up Facebook and the advertise the Sarah Connor Chronicles for me from Amazon and Amazon sale. But yeah I assume you already have it. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Oh I forgot to talk about the um deleted scene in this episode which really it would have been even more boring if they had left this one in. <laughs> What was it? No, I didn't even watch it. Uh, no, it, was the, it? it was a story about, um, oh, basically some sort of desert dog. I can't remember what they're called, but it, it's, oh, uh, basically, um, I can never remember her name, but she asked Sarah, have you ever seen one of these? And it, um, and it's another metaphor for identity. <laughs> so they're basically awesome. driving towards the, um, locker. And it's just I uh, her talking about the fact she saw this um, desert dog um, two years ago while she was still working for the company, and she realised, oh, I need to change my identity. But this was before she left. But it, uh, again, it's it it wasn't a very good scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's. There's better episodes, and you've seen some of them already. Oh, so I stopped listening because <laughs> I did. We removed this scene because it bored everybody. Hmm. <laughs> so, no, it's probably a time issue or something. Maybe. I mean, Sarah did oh. see the um, motorbike driver pull out and follow them. All right. She's a, she's Stop a asking really, me. She's a really bad shot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, she trained in Mexico, so I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that all? All right. Well, that's all we have for this week, folks. We'll be back next time with the good wound. But until then, there's no fate. But what we make. <laughs> Goodbye. That's what you say. Yeah.